Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 38. 38. Let's do it. For this episode, we're going to be talking about The Favorite and Roma. Tawana, what are we sipping on today? Well, today, seeing as how we stick with the theme usually, yeah. um, I was really touched by uh, Chloe from Roma, the maid in the uh, film. And I liked her story and her farm roots. And I remember our trip to Mexico, and I just remember all (laughs) the signs, right, of, like, on all these sort of, like, 7-Eleven-esque looking stores, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, Tecate, right, Uh, Corona, and um, I saw Modelo a lot, too. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, what would poor people, farmers drink? They would drink one of those because it was really cheap too. Yeah, it was like really, really cheap. Yeah. Um. So, since I can't stand Tecate, sorry, <laughs> it tastes like the American version of PBR. Right. Uh, since I can't really take it for my taste buds, I mean, maybe others enjoy it by all means. Um, yes. I stuck with uh, Modelo Especial. Very old beer. They're all actually really old beers, but you mm-hmm. know. Uh, Created in 1925, uh, sort of brewed with like this sort of distinction of what what good beer should be. You know, it's got this sort of rich, full flavored Pilsner style lager uh, recipe. Uh, it's really crisp, um, very refreshing, really easy to drink. I could finish six of these easy. Wow. I mean, okay. that's made me sound like an alcoholic, but it's not. Well, you like the, I just like the taste, taste of, of a beer. good beer and everything <laughs> and, in between. And everything. Don't get me started <laughs> about everything in between. <laughs> but. Segway. Segway. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> keep it clean. I'm in a yes. relationship now. Yes, yes. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's really good. And I think um, a lot of people know about it in the U.S. Mm-hmm. We sell a lot of it. Um and I think also it's just it's um, it's also char- characterized by its uh, it's got this orange blossom honey aroma and a, and a little bit of herb. I did not know that until I researched it, and now I taste this orange honey ish flavor in there. Um, I don't taste any herbs, but anyway, long story short, yeah. I figure uh, Furman and Chloe would definitely be sipping on one of these. Wow. Okay. All right. By the beach. I'm feeling or, that. Or, you know, on the farm. Uh, and so that's me. I hear you. So what do you got? I'm doing Buffalo Trace today. And I've been wanting All to bring this this bourbon out. It's yes. Kentucky bourbon. Everybody knows I'm I'm a Kentucky bourbon fan. Yeah. And uh, it's so tasty. It's so good. <laughs> and 
the last episode, everybody can tell you I really loved the one we did last time. And yes, the it, bullet. It was delicious. Bullet uncut was a little, amazing. A little too delicious for you. Yeah, I, I was I was feeling it for sure. <laughs> but um, Buffalo Trace. <laughs> what I like about Buffalo Trace, it has that beautiful amber color that I, I love. You know, you get that hint of vanilla. There's a little bit of mint. There's some molasses. The, the notes, it's just that brown sugar and spicy. It, you get that oak fever. It's like toffee and dark fruit it's in a little bit of anise because it's a little spicy uh. and I, I like that and i think it it, it complements because i'm drinking it neat today mm -hmm. but you can also mix it with a little cola maybe a little bit of ginger ale if you have to you have to do something with it and i'll mix a little bit later just to soften the edge a little bit for the show but um it's just really tasty and i, I definitely recommend it once again it's from kentucky and uh just something you really need to try it's a little on the more expensive side but definitely worth the money Right, right, right. So, sure. first up. The favorite. Speaking of representation, listen, at this point, I take it where I get it. Absolutely. They, they're half <laughs> you right. Sure did. They're half right. <laughs> they're half right on this one, uh, for me, anyway. Uh, so, The Favorite, starring Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weiss, uh, Nicholas Holt, um, several other people. It was really Fate? good. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of people in it. It's really, really good. Um, takes place in early 18th century England, where a frail Queen Anne occupies the throne, and her close friend, Lady Sarah, close friend in quotes, by the way, yes. um, governs the country in her stead. Uh, when a new servant, Abigail, arrives, her charms uh, endear her <laughs> to Sarah. For sure. <laughs> um, Really, really, really good film. Um, yeah. Where to start? Where to start? Uh, what I really enjoyed most about this film, one, representation. So okay. I like seeing a a, a, a sort of a triangle lesbian <laughs> fight yeah. for the queen. A battle like royale. A battle royale for the queen. For sure. And both of them are totally bullshitting her. But, you know, <laughs> they're using whatever they got to get what they're going to get, yeah. you know. Got to do what you got to do. Position is position, right? Um, yeah, and, and really, so, this was another made story because it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, it was another self-made story. I mean, mm -hmm. they both come from, they both come from uh, families with money, right? Emma Stone's character and right. and uh, Rachel Weisz's character. Try to get their name straight. Abigail. And Lady Sarah, right? And mm -hmm. so Lady Sarah is Rachel Vice and Emma Stone is Abigail. Um, and so it turns out they're cousins. That doesn't give a lot away. Mm -hmm. Turns out they're cousins. And Emma Stone's character, Abigail, is full on hard times. And so she's been sort of uh, summoned by Rachel Vice or whatever. Uh, actually, no, she wasn't summoned. She was told to go there. Right. Because she was her cousin. Yeah. She could maybe help her out. Um, Emma Stone's daddy fell on hard times. Yeah, because she was a lady. She was She was know, a she lady. Was she, she, they all grew up but with she money. She lost her privilege. She lost her privilege, sold to an old dirty man, and uh, worked her way into wherever she had to go. And so it goes from there, and it's just pretty much this big tug of war back and forth between the women. Right. And that whole thing is really interesting. It's really funny. It is. One of the things I like most about it, though, is they had this really interesting mix of period piece and modernity. Did you see that? 
they had like this little slight blend. Like, for instance, the dance scene. Yeah. He was fucking pop locking. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it was like they were trying to do this whole like Victorian style, I guess yeah. classic. Because it, it kind of it kind of brought in a little bit of Moulin Rouge and, and that kind of yeah, feel where you was, where you mixed time periods in a little mm-hmm. bit. So it was a blender too, and he was like totally pop locking. Then they would look like they were almost voguing a little. Mm-hmm. It was like they were going in. It was this whole freestyle dance that you could tell was not what it intended it to be. Yeah, they were having a good time. So it was between that and then they had um, all these crazy uh, camera techniques. So they had like fisheye lenses whenever they would go down that hall. That long hall. Um, they had a lot of lighting tricks. Um, crazy, crazy oblique angles. They just really fucked with it. Yeah, lots yeah. of ins and outs. Lots of shooting through elements. Um and all in the midst of it, it was like in the guise of this comedy also. Because you don't think of a period piece being so, like, funny. Yeah, it was, was a, funny. It was a dark comedy for It sure. was a dark comedy. And, and had some, uh, some nice little twists. That, oh, nice little twists. <laughs> nice little I moments. Love, I love when Rachel Weisz ended up in, in the whorehouse. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it was right. just... She right. was so out of her element. No, but, so out of her element. But she handled it with style. But she handled it with style. <laughs> but it's like only Emma Stone could roll with the punches. Right. She was smacking dudes. She was she was getting back at people. She was getting fucked over. And then she would rebound. She was getting pushed around by old dude, um, Nicholas Holt's character, yeah. who's a bit of a dandy guy. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on. It was really, really interesting. Uh, I do like, I do like how they blended it so perfectly with with the with a bit of of uh, technology, uh, modernity, and and keeping it really epic in terms of the costumes, yeah. uh, the location, these really big old castles. Yeah. And you know what? They were probably small, but the way they filmed it, it made everything feel bigger in scale. That that fisheye definitely added scale to every room. It was like they used seventeen different lenses. Right, and it was it was just very interesting to see how the fisheye was mind blowing. It kept know. I was just like out of nowhere we're using a fish. Right. <laughs> You're not looking through a peephole. Right. We're not trying to do some crazy see, close you, up. You see a lot of fisheye stuff in surveillance kind of footage. Right, lately. where surveillance yeah. close ups peepholes. Um, anything where you're trying to skew the image a bit, um, it can be used as consciousness. Right. None of these things, they were just walking through the fucking hallway. Yeah. There was no reason for it, but he was like, I'm using this for shot right here. <laughs> this is what I want right now. Like, you just didn't even realize, you didn't even see, like, why he needed it. But, yeah. you know, artistic choice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, it, there was this... I like the banter. That the dialogue was really great in the film. The, the uh-huh. script is really, really good, and I think that it's it's interesting that um, how they played off of each other. It reminded me of like those films, Bonfire, The Vanities, and yeah. um, what's the other one? Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. From from what was that? The nineties, and it just, yeah, those kind of films. What's the other one? Was, she Devil. Right. It was reminiscent of those kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, like films like that. Where you had those, that that smart dialogue between women. Really smart dialogue between women. Yeah, it was really cool. And it really just rolled off nicely. I liked it a lot. It's up for an Oscar. 
Mm-hmm. Lots of people are in it. Her Oscars, um, Emma Stone, Rachel Vice, Rachel Vice, mm-hmm. and the, and the woman who plays the queen. Oh, Coleman, she just won. Yeah, Didn't she, she won. won uh, she won Golden Globe. She won Golden Globe. She didn't win SAG. She she could have. I feel I like she won SAG. I posted the list on uh, on our Facebook page, folks, for for all the award shows. So if you want to check out who won and for what movie and whatnot, check it out. But uh, definitely uh, one of those ones to see as we look at all these Oscar films. And, Absolutely. And t- to see. It was just fun times. It was a fun ride. I enjoyed it. It's a little long, but... Um, it was a little long. I think the pacing was still good. It didn't. I wasn't bored at all. No, I was never bored. It was just the fact, it was the fact that I was watching it, you know, outside of a theater. So it was, you know, it felt a little <laughs> bit longer. But um, it's definitely one of those ones to watch. So if, if you're in the mood for a good Oscar flick then, and you're trying to find something that's on the list that everybody's talking about, this is definitely one. And I know a lot of people aren't really used to going to a lot of period movies, but this was one of those good ones. And uh, yeah. it was fun, too. It wasn't, wasn't so it, stiff. It wasn't and, a boring period And caught piece. up in uh, yeah, the wasn't, usual. wasn't boring. Political drama. In the usual political drama. Mm-hmm. Caught up in being politically correct yeah. at all. No. Because it was lewd yeah. as fuck, too. Yeah, it was cool. It was also a bit lewd. It was um, good to see, you know, some good a, old lesbian it, good times in the movie. It's always good to see a few good lesbians good times. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, not. <laughs> but, you know, I, I definitely recommend that you see it. Definitely recommend it. Um, uh, this a cinematographer, by the way, his name is Robbie Ryan. He's an Irish cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot of other pieces maybe not known to us because uh most of them are irish she's done like uh films named fish tank uh slow west american honey but check them out and see what you think i think this film was really good yeah i actually saw it twice um nice sort of twice because i saw it for myself before we decided it would be on the show right. um and i thought it was really funny it was just, it was like laugh out loud hysterical in some points mm. uh that was really good really fun um, how could it not be fun also with Emma Stone? Because Emma Stone is hysterical. She's yeah, got, she's, she's, she does a lot of like funny stuff. Yeah, she's she's um, got a good comic timing to her, and I've also and oh, a serious tone. She absolutely, can she can she fast. can she can flop. I also really like Rachel Weisz. Yeah, even from the Mummy days mm-hmm. until now, like you know, uh, Dream House, all those like yeah. she's she's bounced back and forth a bunch too. Yeah, but I really like it. Check it out. Um, still in theaters. Uh, if you want to catch it before the Oscar season closes. Better hurry up. Uh, was it on the 24th, we said? Yeah. So, you know, you got some time. Uh, AMC's got that thing where you can watch, like, all of them at once or something. So check them out if you want to get them in a group or something a couple uh-huh. days in. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. So on to the next. So let's talk about Roma. All right. So uh, Roma, it's this beautiful black and white epic piece. Amazing. Um, takes place a year in the life of a middle-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. And the maid's name is Cleo. I would love to pronounce this woman's name, but I'm going to fuck it up. I know, and, and we don't have Alex here to we pronounce it We don't have us. Alex the European to pronounce it for us. But just know. The Kiwi, rather, I'm sorry. She's an amazing actress, and I'm glad yeah. she's getting her nominations and and getting her recognition. It, you know, she's hardcore in Mexico right now. Did oh you know that? My God. She's like a celebrity down there. They right now. must love her. And you know, the interesting thing the the young man who played her 
her love interest in the film. Furman. He's having a hard time getting his visa to get here because he they won't let him come in, mm. and because he wanted to come to the Oscars, right? And in you all all the award shows, but he's having some issues with his visa and and coming into America. In so someone had that problem last yeah, year it's, too. Yeah, it's happened before, especially yeah. with, with with Mexican. Fucking and, Trump. And uh, fuck especially you, especially with son. Mexican. Uh, fuck you, actors. son. But. <laughs> Just outstanding performances all around. I love every single character from drunk mom to the the kids were fantastic. <laughs> The yeah. the boyfriend Furman was great. I, I just I just loved every single performance yeah. and in the, the subtlety of Cleo, the subtlety of her yeah. performance. Just the camera just loved her. She's a she had this beautiful like moon shaped face that just loved the camera. Her name is Yalitza. Aperseo. Okay, that's close enough. I mean, that's close enough. But I need, I need, I need you to see it. It, (laughs) Yeah, it's very beautiful, and it's on Netflix, so you got no excuse. There is just no excuse, and I know, and you know, and and yes, we went to film school, and yes, we've studied film theory, and we, you know, and we we see things you don't. Right. But the beauty of this film by itself, those wonderful shots of the house. Yeah. Just, just the the love that the camera just sat in the moment. The kids running around and it catching all of that, and yeah. and just the because there was a tenderness to it because she had she brought something to it. And then with her girlfriend, the other housekeeper that she was talking to all the yeah, time, her name is. There was uh, a sweetness, yeah, with all of that, and it just you don't get to see a lot of that much. Yeah, in, her name is film. Adela. And and it just there was just Probably some beautiful moments so. there. And when they went, when she and her boyfriend went to the cinema, I loved the, the shot. The cinema shot was amazing. Them kissing off oh, to the left, so great. The the screen and the entire audience really off to the yeah, it off was to the right. So fucking and amazing. Was, everything was in focus, and it was beautiful. The black and white is fucking stunning. Yeah. It, I I wouldn't have even. I wouldn't have wanted to see this film in color. No. And and I was just like, this, it just, it. I just sat with it and I was like, oh, wow. And every time I would, every time I would think, oh, what, what, what's going to happen next? And, you know, the subtitling didn't even get to me. Like, I was following this story and, and it, it was, it was great just to watch it because I was learning right. more about the family right. and, and, and about her. And it was just such a journey that they took us on. And if you realize, so much action was happening. Because, like, all right, so remember, there was the scene. Three scenes stand out to me. Okay. The scene, that tracking scene where she was running after the, the kids in Mexico City, when she was running down the street. When they were going in the movies. Yes, when they were running, when she was running down the street. Yeah, that's That beautiful. camera just kept going. Yeah. And, and then... It would keep moving as she stopped the little yeah, Indian. And I was like, to to expose a little more of the story and right, show you more. Right, and I was just like, oh my god! And the and the cars were going, and the pe- like yeah. there was so much action happening within the frame. It was beautiful. It was just like, where is this gonna end? You know what I mean? Because I kept thinking, is something gonna happen to one of those kids? Right, right. They kept alluding to something tragic about to. You know that I had that feeling like something was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, then let's go to the. The the minute she went into labor, yeah. Oh my God! It was pure chaos. All of that was crazy. It was pure chaos outside. I I don't even want to tell you (laughs) what was that. First of all, chaos was happening outside the baby store that they were in. Oh my God! Chaos spilled into the store. Yes. 
You know, water broke. I'm not going to tell yes. you what happened while they were in the store. Yeah, it was just and so sick. And then she ends up in the back of this car as right. they're taking her into the hospital. Full on labor. Full on labor. <laughs> but because of the protest that was happening outside of the baby store, because um, it was like some sort of revolt going yes, on with yes, students at, at, at that time. And so, of course, there was m- massive traffic. So for two hours, they were sitting in traffic, and all her employer's mother could do was pray over her. Right. And she's in labor, full-on labor. Full-on labor. And it's just... And then so much was happening when they it was a lot. when they got to the hospital. I love the hospital scenes too. The hospital scenes I'm not even going to describe those scenes because you need to see it. You need but to just, see it. But just just all of the action that was especially taking place, especially the birth scene. Oh my god, was so crazy. It was just there was so much. And as when she was in the emergency room, because and the beauty of the action was it started outside. Like all those people milling around outside, and then there were like women, right? Like, like women, pregnant women pregnant walking along, <laughs> right. like trying to induce their labor. right, and they were just walking around. And I was like, "Wait, where is she? Is she in this? <laughs> is she in the scene? Like, I right, know. right?" Because for a minute you were looking for her. I was like, "I don't really see her." Too because much. you know that's where they were trying to go to. Because they went cut from the car, right? Cut to the hospital, but then you you didn't go in the hospital at first. You mm-hmm. started outside, right. and so once they got inside the hospital then it was all this stuff and they were just moving her around and these old ass wheelchairs i was just like oh my god and it just kind of once again another pan they did a lot of panning and there tilting. was a lot of weird pans and tilts oh my god i don't even beautiful. know if i can consider that panning because it was like within the scope of a panoram- panoramic scene we all know what panoramic scenes are because our cameras used to have those and so then we when we switch to cell phones they still kind of do it too. And so within a big panoramic scene, they the camera would slowly track them, but they would track them but have movement. So if you can understand what that means, it's like they're focused on one person. When the person gets to a certain section of the screen, right. it the pan would move again, and you would pan to a greater. It was almost like you were already in master focus, right? Yeah. And then it would keep tracking you the whole way. So yeah. there was like three or four tracks. I, but I, it I was brilliant. It was just so. Because how could you see a whole floor of a house right. in one shot? Yeah, it was It was just so beautifully done. And and her her emotions, because she didn't have a lot of dialogue. but uh, Which I loved because she, it was a subtitled film. Right. And I was worried about losing a lot of the imagery. Yeah, but she brought it. They didn't have a lot of it. She brought so, so much good. emotion, so much character. Oh, yeah. So much feeling to every scene that she oh, was yeah. in. And another scene that I loved, the scene between, it was this, at the water mm-hmm. with the kids. Um, the... Are we talking about the beach scene the or beach the part scene, in the forest? The beach scene. Okay. Where, you know, we thought something was going to happen. Okay. I'm not going to say what it is. Right, right, right. But the the beauty of that, and it right. went, it was also one of those long tracking A lot of them. Shots. There was a and, lot of those. And you were like, oh, my God. And, and the whole time, I literally was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, they'd already established, you know, the character had already established it. I don't swim. She was just standing by that they water to look out for those what, kids. Yeah. 
And, and you were like, this bitch about to drown. Right. And you know, you just <laughs> I was knew like, it. Oh my God, this you bitch about to, drown. about to drown for these rich ass kids. But the beauty <laughs> of it was they didn't play the tension up with music and the usual nope. Hollywood tropes. No. They it was all about her facial expressions and how she was looking out at that water and those waves. But everything was in other was a lot of master shots. Right. And it, so you can take in the entire environment you and had be to. within the space. And every time she would move toward the ocean, the waves would come at her like a fucking Oh, those waves were crazy. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, this is a movie. Right, and then you see the kids bobbing, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was like, oh my God, the kid's going to drown, she's right. going to drown. Is People going drown? under. Was right. like, I was like, wait, how's this going to work out? This bitch can't swim. So, so. <laughs> there was a lot. So there was a lot happening. Powerful. And that scene culminated with one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Right, right, right. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. No. But just know. I, yeah, because that scene directly right after it is is fucking stunning. I was I was floored. I was just like, I can't. It was fucking stunning. And, and it was, that it movie. Was, it was nice to see it happen, yeah, too. Yeah. And it, it could have, the movie could have ended there. It could have ended there. Yeah. And I was like, and then, they, then we move on. And, and so on. it was just like, you know what other scene captivated me and I thought was really cool um, when we meet more of Furman, her boyfriend, right. when when they were in bed, when they were in the bedroom together. And he had the whole full frontal nudity. And he was doing the martial arts scene. Nude. But there was something about, you. did you see how <laughs> she was looking at, I love her gaze on him. Yeah, she was looking at him she was She was adoring him yeah. in a way that you don't get to see. And it was, and it wasn't, it wasn't gratuitous. No. It wasn't about no, because he was full frontal. Yeah. Which it, is probably why they also won't show it in movie theaters. But it was... It had a limited release. Well, that was because they wanted, they had to do the Oscar, Oscar runs and stuff. But the whole thing was, it was so... Because you learned so much about him. I also couldn't imagine what this looks like on screen. Yeah, I know some people who actually saw it on the screen, and they were like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Because it's just massive. It's massive. But, um, but uh, what was beautiful about it was... It was a moment of intimacy between two characters that wasn't about sex, and they didn't have on any clothes. It wasn't about sex until the end of the scene, and even that wasn't super sexy. No, it was because it was about they were having a conversation. He was talking about his. He kisses her at the end, but right. even then, it wasn't. Super he, sexy. he was talking about his past, and she was kind his of ob- like his obsession with martial arts, right? And, and why he was obsessed with it, and you know, coming getting out of the ghetto and all this sort of stuff. But just a beautiful moment. Between two characters and 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 just the way they both played it, I just thought it was so cool. And and you and you saw so much emotion between them, and and within them. And you don't get to see a lot of that in, in films today. And I, I was just, I'm glad the camera and the camera just sat. It wasn't a lot of movement around. You don't get to see a lot of that from men. Either. You know, absolutely not, absolutely not. So the and the way it just kind of the camera just sat. In that one thing, and the, and the actors moved around it, and she was planted in the bed. So it was just like, mm-hmm. it was really about his movement. And, and the beauty of that shot, it reminded me of a shot. With, remember me, you, and Emma, we were in uh, L.A., and we did all those shots in the bathroom? Cause it shots actually, in the bathroom, we did shots in a parking structure right. that had this big, you know that mirror yeah. that's supposed to like show you who's behind you? Right. We took all these um, black and white shots in L.A., but it and was those. something. It was something mm-hmm. about that shot in the bathroom, because really and truly, the action started in the bathroom, in the bathroom. and moved at the into the girl. bedroom. But the camera never moved. The camera never moved. Mess unseen. And it was just so, so perfect. I was like, there were just so many moments, and the mother, 
I love her. Do you? In so many ways. I grew to love her. I love her in so I many ways. I loved her by the end. I didn't love her at the because beginning. Because she was so she was so dysfunctional and she was so trying to process what was happening in her marriage in all the wrong ways. And yeah. and, and it could have been And shit was fucking up. It could have been more problematic, but just seeing her drive that car. That car scene, I was like, damn, bitch, you fucking up this dude's car. That was amazing. You was fucking up this big. But you know what? I knew from the very moment they showed the car, which was like this Ford Mercury or Galaxy. Ford Galaxy. Galaxy. And it was this massive car in Mexico, no less. Yeah, it was great. This massive American car in Mexico. And this guy was smoking a cigarette and these oblique shots of like the side mirror and then the cigarette and then him moving in. It was almost sexual in a way where he was like, they start out and he honks, they be let in. And then he inserts the car into the driveway and it doesn't fit. And he could tell, it was so tight. And he could tell, he didn't scratch the car at all. He could tell that the side mirrors would bang a little. So then he backed it up really slow, adjusted the mirror, and then pulled in a little more, then pulled in a little more, then backed up a little, then pulled in a little more. Yeah. And then before he got out, he was smoking a cigarette the entire time. They had this deep focus on the yeah. on the steering wheel. And he was so chill about it, not like the wife. He was so fucking chill. It was like he was fucking the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally like he was fucking the driveway with this car. And he would back up a little. He'd be like, oh, that's too deep. Let me back up a little. And then go in full force. Yeah. And then there were times he would <laughs> rev in, like, yeah, let me take it a little harder. And then, all right, now I'm perfectly at the door. I was like, did he just fuck this driveway? Yeah. Because it, was- it felt like he fucked the driveway. It was crazy. But when she did it, of course, she can't wield that car. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> she ain't used to it. Well, she couldn't drive much at all. Remember, she couldn't drive when they were on the streets. She couldn't drive shit. She had a hard time. She drive little cars. She can't drive big cars. But- but remember, and that's when they they used so many different close-ups with mm-hmm. the car because there was the close-up of the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. There was close-up of the, the wheel when it ran over the dog shit. Yeah. There was all the close-ups inside the because car. Because there were all these bo- oblique shots. So amazing. There were serious oblique shots. There were, like you said, shots of tires, shots mm-hmm. of steering wheels, shots of headlights, shots of yep. side mirrors. The radio. The radio, him turning it down, then him putting a cigarette out and then closing the... Right. The ashtray, like, there were just all these shots. And you know what else? The, the One of my other favorite scenes, the dinner party. Uh. The dinner party had a lot of low angle. They were like, they were like. Which dinner party? The dinner party where the family was dancing in the living room before the At fire. At Christmas, the New Year's? Yeah, before the or fire. Christmas, whatever. It was holiday time. Yeah, before the fire. Yeah. Because I got something to say about that fire. Oh. <sighs> The, but, but go ahead. That I loved how they were dancing around, but all the angles were of their like mid. It was midsection to ass, and level, I was like, like thigh level. I was just like, what is happening? Like I didn't know. But you were in a trance. You were. It was like you could not stop looking, and I was like, what is going to happen? Then there was all these conversations happening. Several and, conversations and happening at hear, once. You would hear sound, but from a different. Like you'd hear sound from different people's conversation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like. There was one particular piece of dialogue because they weren't right. necessarily focused. They were. It was like the focus was on everybody, right, right. but not on anybody. Right. So you would hear the different conversations, right. and then we move into that hallway. Right. I, I was just. There was so much going on because then it was like, 
the the house that they were in, which was like a brother-in-law or something. Yeah. Um, you would then go his maid, then called our maid, Cleo, right. and was like, come with me. And she was like, well, what about him? And she was like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll take care of him. And she was like, come have, you know, come celebrate with me. The city nannies rather be up there right. with their city goers. Right. And because she's a farm girl. And she was like, you come with me. And so she took her to like some like little like room yeah. down in the basement. Yeah. I, it was, first of all, these staircase scenes, motherfucking brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Fucking hens and dogs and shit everywhere. And they, they caught w- shadows. And shadows like a motherfucker. They're coming down. Go into this space, and everyone's celebrating. And there's a lot of jokes made about her belly. Yeah. And so then Cleo goes in, and they're sitting around, and she's like, well, you have to have a drink with me for the new year. So um, then there's this whole conversation about, like, what do you want? She's like, do you want mezcal? Do you, uh, Polik- yeah. Poliquas? Yeah. I think it was called. So she was like, oh, I'll take Poliquas. And then the hella bump was a hella bump like they're about to toast and she gets bumped and i don't know it for me the whole drink out of for her me hand. it knocked the drink out of her hand it was to to get healthy for your baby and for the new year and um but that was actually foreshadowing it was now. foreshadowing but also <clears throat> it was this is crazy thing because that bump was a hella bump i, I but think about I it i feel like smacking that but chick. think about but the long <laughs> shot the that was, the long shot that happened so after the bump right there was so many because it sat on the broken drink, the, oh, the glass on the drink for a with the water on the and floor. And then that led her to seeing some things. And then she comes upstairs. She sees a conversation. I won't expose that to you. She right. sees this conversation. And then she's looking at the sky. And so now during the party, there was this costumed guy. He was dressed in like... I don't know, twigs or some it shit. It was some kind of ceremonial Some sort of thing. indigenous yeah. costume. And yeah. so she's looking at, she's looking at the sky, and there's all these sort of like ambers popping up. And for a second, I thought it was fireworks because obviously it was New Year's. Yeah. And so then we go on for a little bit, and then someone screams fire. So everyone runs out into the woods because they're in this wooded area, right? Mm-hmm. Some sort of farmland, and they're in this wooded area, and they're talking. Oh my God, help us put out the fire! And so you see another wide shot with. Everyone, um, the employees, the employers, the children and all their children. (laughs) And they're like, children, put out the little fires and Cleo will help you. And I'm like, this ain't a fucking party. Shit about the burn down. And they're all like putting out these little fires. While it's very interesting, out of all the, the, the chaos emerges this guy in this indigenous costume, <laughs> right? Insane. And he, <laughs> like the fire in the woods just raging, right? It was great. And this costume guy stands in the center of the frame <clears throat> and just starts motherfucking singing. It was great. And singing some song we don't know. It's an indigenous song. But um, starts singing as these ambers fall behind him and before him. And in between him and the the camera lens, right? So it's within the frame. So there's this, this, all these beautiful flames fly around him, this amazing composition. It's this beautiful, this beautiful art of shooting through elements. Um, 
and it's just it's just amazing. Yeah. And you're just stuck in it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like these bitches about to burn down. Yeah. I think, but yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. This motherfucker singing yeah. to me, so I'm, I'm about it. to listen to this. I'm gonna watch it. And the camera, <laughs> the way the camera was on him, it once again made sense sin because right. it's a total men's sin. You saw film. him. You saw the stuff happening behind him. Right. You saw the fire. Right. You saw the people trying to put the fire out. Right. But your focus was still on him. Singing. Only on him, really. And it was like none of that was happening, but it was all happening at the same time. It was time. all happening at the same and time. There was just, I was just like. And he walks away this and is... takes this dude's drink right. and gives the dude his hat, like his hat <laughs> from the costume, and just starts, which I can only assume was mezcal or yeah. tequila or some shit, right. and starts getting <laughs> fucked up some more. Right. And obviously, they were all fucked up. And I was just like, what? It's, I just, I couldn't. There I, is a lot happening right now. I'm going to have to watch it again because. I mean, I have to watch it again now I that just, I don't it, have to pay attention to right. subtitles or take notes. I just enjoyed <laughs> it on so many levels. It was beautiful. And you know what else? You know what other scene? Still when she, I guess when she was away, because remember when she was on the farmland? Yeah. And the dust was blowing and she yes. talked about how it reminded her of home and yes. how it smelled like home and how it looked like. Right. And I was just like, that was such a genuine moment because she was just in her element. Like right. she felt like she was at home and she yes. rubbed her belly a little bit and she would just be like, yeah. uh, and that was because a lot of times throughout the film, you didn't really know how she felt about anything right. until she would make some little subtle comment or some little gesture. And what I think was the most heartbreaking, the most heartbreaking scene to me was when she was left in the cinema. That was that was just Oh yeah. I, and when she went and sat on those stairs, I was just like, wow. With all the like hustlers all And the, they like, were just all around her. They were just it was like I wouldn't say hustlers. They were they, they were selling stuff. They, they were, were just they were mm, different kind of vendors. They vendors, thank mm-hmm. you. They were just a bunch of vendors like if you if you live in New York like walking down Jamaica Avenue or walking down um okay if you're in california like hollywood boulevard right like any of those sort of major or 42nd street also if you're in new york any of those major sort of thoroughfares where you would walk down as massive amounts of commerce so yeah she was just sitting there just in the midst of the lens she was the center of the lens and all these things were going on Around her. But by then, I was like, bitch, he going. Right. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> when he was like, I got to pee, I was like, bitch, he going. What? But it was the moment that she had to tell him. Yeah. That all of this was going down. Right. It was just, what are you going to do? And it's like, is he going to run away? Because I kept feeling he was going to run. Right, right, but right, right, right. He, he handled it good at first. And then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, I got to go. I got to go pee. I got to go pee. I'll be right back. Because wasn't that his coat? Didn't he leave his he coat? He left his coat. <laughs> That's when she brought it back. Also, what I wanted to mention is there are a few things that really struck me. Okay. First of all, before we even start that, my, my synopsis, I just want to say... This is directed by writer, producer, director Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron. Mm-hmm. Cuaron. He's part of Three Amigos. He's part of the Three Amigos, as Americans call him. Um, he's responsible for Gravity, Itu Ugh. Mama Tabien. Oh, my favorite. My absolute fucking favorite. My favorite. My favorite. Children of Men he might as well one. been black and white. Yeah. Because it was almost black. It was so washed. It was almost black and white. Like, he did Quantum of Solace. He did a bunch of other films. I think he's what turned me on to Mexico. 
Oh, maybe. Because ever he, since he does the real, he does the everyman, everyday man's Mexico. Yeah, he does. And you get to see Mexico apart from Trump's stupid version of it. Right, you get to see what real Mexico looks like yep. through him, and not even the tourist version. This is the everyday man's. I live here, I am a citizen of Mexico's version of it, and it's a beautiful, stunning black and white epic piece. Like, f- there's a couple images I want to talk about. Go ahead. Okay, so first we open right with this image of this stone ground floor. Yes. Right, just stunning. And, the water. and you just hear mm-hmm. scrubbing <laughs> and this running of water, right? So it's this constant running of water. And then eventually um, you start to see water gather where you are in the frame. Water starts to gather. Then eventually you start to see sort of bubbles. Mm-hmm. And now you realize someone's cleaning the floor, right? And when you already know this is about a maid, and how her life portrays in this year. Right. Um, you realize it's her, right, in a sense. Or you at least hope it's her. And these sounds of warning, running water and scrubbing sort of permeate the screen. And, and eventually it turns into this rushing water with all these bubbles. And then eventually we fade up and we see she's cleaning the driveway. Mm-hmm. That is a stunning opening. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Because the richness of the imagery of that stone in black and white, we don't know what exists until we take the color away. It's like we don't know what exists until we take the sound away. And you know what? That scene actually foreshadowed to the beach. Of course. It took us there. It, it, it foreshadows to a lot of scenes in the film, actually. And you know, and think about and think about the kids with the with the hail. Mm-hmm. Remember when it was hailing, they were in that same yeah. It foreshadows walkway. That's what I'm saying. It foreshadows to a lot of scenes in this big long stone yeah. driveway. And um, like I was saying, like you never you never know what something is until you remove something. Yeah. Like uh, when we were in film school, a, a professor uh, said, "Try watching a film without sound." It is mind-blowing, people. Right. Try watching a film without... Watch this shit without sound and watch how far you get. Yeah. You will be stunned by straight imagery. You will pause. Yeah, you will. At any time, you will pause this. But I even love the, the, the martial arts scenes. Yeah, Like, the way they them. were laid out yeah. and they were in that open field. And I didn't even know they had, like, this permanent... This this huge martial arts culture. It was sick. Apparently, I was like, wow. There was this huge martial martial arts culture that dominated in the seventies in Mexico, and it's a real thing because I looked that shit up. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? So people, well, I feel like there was a lot of auto autobi autobiographical. I can't even say the word right autobiographical. now. Autobiographical. Autobiographical moments in the film. For might him. have been. Might have yeah. been for him. I feel like this might have been his, his childhood. In this some might ways. have been his childhood because he is a filmmaker. So there were other moments that I thought were really interesting. Besides that, uh, the floor scene, the fire scene, um, the scenes in the hospital had these three very distinct oblique shots. It's like the baby and the pan. Oh, God, the baby. And these steady. The baby was crazy. Yeah, the baby was um, crazy. The steady cam shots after that, 
And it was a lot of mise-en-scene. There was what she was going through. There was what the child was going through in the background. And at the same time, they were sort of interacting. And you had to balance your focus between each one. That was amazing. Yeah. I also want to mention the juxtaposition. Um, I'll start off like this. When the family goes on vacation towards the end, there's a moment where they're sitting in front of a giant crab. Oh, yeah. And the juxtaposition of one family ending on the left and another one beginning on the right. Yes. Is fucking amazing. Because it was the wedding. I will say no more. Yeah. There was a wedding on the right and a family ending on the left. And yeah. you will understand what I'm saying when you watch this. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely beautiful that yeah. two two things were happening, sim- happening simultaneously yep. at the same time. And you couldn't even take your eyes away from either one. And yet alone in the center would bind them together, Cleo. Yep. Cleo was, Cleo was right in the, in, in, sort of in the middle of them and was the link to both families. And, and just a, it's just a, and you know the thing about Cleo's character? Right. She never really had much to say about like like she didn't involve herself because she was a she was a good domestic. She didn't involve yeah, herself when she in was their scolded, life. She now didn't. what she did, she was she was really the mother to those children because they were isn't every domestic the they mother were to those children fawning over her and rubbing her belly on, and trying to make her feel good. Isn't oh, oh, every domestic the mother to absolutely. the children? Absolutely, right. But her relationship with those children was was what was so priceless and they always. loved her the same way always. and so it was just there was so many powerful times in this film where you get you got to see that more right. and more each time well you well i mean this spoke to what the plight is of the housekeeper or the right. maid both, both or of the, these films did or the caregiver both it of these was, films did right for sure. they did and this one in particular speaks to what we see today right we see, if you go on the Upper West Side, right, Midtown maybe, mm-hmm. you see women of color pushing little white kids. Yep. And you assume that there's their caregiver and she's probably their maid. This was her story. And that child, let's take it back to slavery, right? How many slaves raised oh, yeah, the master's their master's kids? kids? And then eventually, right, they, they that mammy, right, that mammy connotation, that mammy... Uh, figure uh comes into play because the children respect really the mammy or the maid right because those are the women that raise them and teach them the values they need to learn in the world because that's all they have their mothers are too consumed with the father and whatever shit they're in with they don't even wipe their own kids ass so this really or suckle their breasts those women had to suckle those babies had to suckle those babies on that breast and so when you think about this 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 spans generations cultural gaps this this is the working class woman's story and it it stretches so far past mexico right and does so many things because it really is that's true. The everyday woman's story, which is why I picked this beer. Like, you know, fucking the wife in this movie was not drinking no fucking Modelo. Uh, was, that bitch is drinking like Stella or something way high class than that, you know? Some Stella's she, high class? I don't know. Uh, if not it's really. Stella. Stella's not high class. I don't class. know. It might, she might have been drinking Presidente or something. No, really Presidente is fucking Divinity. 
Heineken beer. That's oh, not that is true. You're right. Nah. So she was she was on something good. She was on some shit that don't have labels. Yeah, she, was she doesn't even good. drink a beer. That bitch is drinking wine that was yeah. aged in a cellar for thirty five years. Yeah, but she was feeling and, it. And and still she was like, oh, I'm so I'm so tortured. But really, this. <laughs> but bitch, I knew I knew I knew bitch, there was some conflict. Poor Cleo has got a way, whole thing going. But it was the way she held held on to that man when he was leaving the first time. Oh, of time. course, of course. The way she did it. And he, and his face, like, bitch, whatever. Right. <laughs> it was so great. Meanwhile, they got motherfucking four kids. Right. But a whole family, a whole life. And he just went and off. And he was like, I'm good with you. <laughs> and it seemed to be like that was a theme. I was like, damn, they do that y'all. That was a theme. They do y'all 30? And remember what she said. I was just hearing say. Women are always alone. She said, remember this, Cleo. We are always alone. Women are always Women alone. Women are always left alone. And that is a truism. Yep. Women are always, even if even if the husband is in the house, they are sole. Yep. And and you see how the kids were like, oh, Danny's home, like a celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. You remember when your dad came yeah, home? That's the, that's the it was a thing. 80s, Same thing. Yeah. My dad when it was my like dad Christmas. came. When my dad came home, it was like Christmas. Oh my God, Dad's home! Mm-hmm. You know, like oh my God, like this motherfucker's the president. But then we realized that sometimes they're losers with their own set of lives and a whole nother value system right. separate from our mothers. Yep. So it's just like there were so many levels to the shit. If we could say that yeah. so many levels to the shit. Um, but I like that they kind of bonded with Cleo yeah. and did not treat her. I thought initially I was like, oh, they about to treat her bad. But then they showed, like, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. we care about her. When yeah. she came into different conflicts and different issues in her life, they, they were there for they her. They were there for her and took her, yeah. took it on head on. Even the mother-in-law, when she took her to buy the crib. Right, even the mother-in-law and that whole situation that happened. Because that spawns into her starting to, like, have mm-hmm. another issue. Right. Um, but she was there for her the whole time. Yeah. And so I found that oddly comforting. Yeah, because but I, I think thought it was, they would separate like, from her. I think it was more of a woman thing. Where it was they had very to, much a woman. They had to embrace her because these this woman, one, the mother was going through her own thing. The and mother I'm sure in the law, grandmother had. Right, the mother-in-law had already dealt with it. I'm sure. You know, right. so they were not going to let this woman be caught out there, especially because she's been such a force in the family. Well, she was she was supporting them, so I you know? I was glad that they were good enough people to say, well, we will support you mm-hmm. in the interim of what is happening for you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found that to be very amazing. I just, I just wanted to say also, like you said earlier, the beach scenes were amazing. I really thought that I, I have to go home and watch it again. And you know what? Um, those that 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 water. You know, we used to see in the blue of water, the green. No, and you all see those the ocean it was so colors. black. It was so it black. It was just it it. I got more richness from it in black and white. In black and white. You know, I I mean, it, it's there was so much happening. Um, let me see. There was just so much to see. That the minimal dialogue was almost perfect yeah. for it, um, and we end. Can I say something about the ending? We end as we started. Yep. And it was cylindrical. And it was beautiful in a sense that it was like, wow. It was like uh, a Buddhist would say a samsara. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was just a Christian would say um, reincarnation, right? So, you know, like, oh, Jesus and Easter and all that. 
it was just like a cylindrical effort that would just continue through, but it would continue within the lives of the women. It was a theme. Mm -hmm. The women had a cylindrical thing happen with them where this would always occur, right? Right. This was ne this was within the guise of what relationships and what the world existed, they would all be doomed to meet the same fate. No matter what, hmm. whether you were rich, whether you were poor, the only binding factor was that you were a woman. Yeah, that's and true. And so you would always be left to hold the bag. Wow. In a sense. Well, they were holding the bag. Everybody was holding the motherfucking bag, mm -hmm. but the dudes. They were holding the bag. Yeah, I was fucking up, son. Hey, it happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I mean, you just got to move on. Yeah, I'll still be fucking up. But, I mean, it is what it is. I don't care. I'm with women, so it don't matter to me. Um, <laughs> we both be holding the bag, so that's what I like. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> well, like I said, this is one of those movies I recommend. And, I do highly recommend it. Please, just turn on your Netflix. It's just Netflix, sit back and watch it's it. It's fucking free. This is not one of those movies. Well, you're still paying for your Netflix. Yeah, but, but not really, because motherfuckers be getting links. For now. But yeah, one thing I recommend, just sit back and watch it. This is not one of those movies you, you need to be running around your house and not paying attention. No, you, you sit, sit and down and watch it. it. It is a beautifully shot epic piece. Yes. I hope they get whatever award they plan yes. on giving them. Absolutely. Because this was amazing. And I say, go for it. Yes. And check it out. And so I think... I hear the end of the show. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. And so what I'm going to say is next week, or rather next, next episode, time. next time for episode 39, we're going to be doing Arctic and everybody knows another Spanish film. Oh, right. I'm, I'm excited. Um, So I'm excited. What's his name? Uh, Javier Bardeen. Javier Bardeen. And uh, Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Good two good, really good actors. Yep. And so if you really like this episode, um, be sure to like us, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. We are under Beer Bourbon and a Movie, and don't forget to use that hashtag BBM Podcast. Right. And so we can hear all your comments, all your complaints, all your references. Oh, your question. Absolutely. Hit us up, folks. We're always here. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie. See you next time. See you Miss next you, Alex. Time. We got curses, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> to <a> vacation bastard. <laughs>